0: The awardless winning podcast. It's the intellectual saviors with your hosts, the pedo.
1: Because most women don't know their place and they run their mouths all the time. At least she knew her place and she kept it shut. The ginger bear! I'm a bag of fucking sunshine, goddammit. And the pivot man.
0: You fucking dick. (laughs) I'm gonna rape you now! But they've worn your heart. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I have some sad news. I'm unfortunately, guitar man... Got ill this week and died. <laughs> Poor guitar man.
1: You know, I was thinking it'd be funnier. We should have said he got like attacked by a shark or something. I mean, that way we'd have a bear attack and a shark attack oh, yeah, on I'm the show.
0: I'm sorry, you, you did mention that and I completely fucking, I fucked that up for you.
1: Nah, it's fine. He did get a virus though. Um, we're not allowed to say what type of virus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's uh, some litigation pending on <laughs> exactly yeah. what he has. and uh, <laughs> Might be some lawsuits coming.
1: But he he looked good when we saw him at the hospital, though, um, before his eyes rolled back after the morphine kicked in and everything. But he said to go on without him. So we we're like, okay, fuck it. We don't care. Okay. So here we are.
0: The The real truth is is that uh, we tried to nail down, like, uh, we tried to get really stringent on our shows now, and uh, we kind of try and force ourselves to uh, do a little bit more research and stuff, and I think he got a little bit nervous and <laughs> decided to back out at the last minute because he had jack shit, and he felt like a jackass for not having anything.
1: That's probably more to the point. <laughs> that would be my guess.
0: I could be completely wrong, but um, that, that's what I thought when I first read the text. I was like, that. I mean, you... you would have like told us earlier if you were sick and now you're just all of a sudden sick. Maybe you just don't have anything to offer the show. So you're saying, fuck it and not coming in. (laughs) I don't
1: know. Who knows? Poor Boggs. (laughs) We're pulling for him. That's all I know.
0: Anyway. And this is kind of funny because Boggs isn't here and he's the one that fucked up the show because we are originally going to do Easter Mm mm-hmm. And he completely fucked that up and he didn't want to do it. So now we're doing Economic Hitman and he's not here to do it. It's like, fuck, we could have just gone with the Easter show and it would have been great.
1: Yeah. We tried to sign out portions of the show. So we're only going to have like two thirds of a show. <laughs> it might be good for the listeners. I don't know. So if you're a big fan of Boggs, tough shit. You're just going to have to fight through it this time
0: uh i guess we can uh we can go over some of easter now because now we got a little bit of uh time on our hands i think so bogs the segment is completely b- null and void
1: <laughs> we'll spend the, i was gonna say we can spend like the last 15 minutes of the show just ripping him since he's not here
0: <laughs> okay so uh for those of you that are not aware of what easter actually is i even had somebody earlier this week that was asking me exactly where uh like the bunny came from and the egg came from because it really didn't make any sense because what the hell does that have to do with the resurrection of their lord excuse me um what it comes from is from ancient babylonia it's a goddess named ishtar or actually it's more pronounced like easter and she is the goddess of fertility, love and sex and the bunny was a representation of sex and the egg was a representation of uh, fertility Oh, my
1: God. See, I didn't know that either. So,
0: it's pretty funny that a whole bunch of Bible-beaten Christians are running around with eggs and bunnies celebrating Easter when they have no idea what they're <laughs> celebrating exactly. It's just because it's one of those wonderful holidays that's been hijacked from uh, the Christian religion because they can't make up their own. They have to hijack uh, hmm. other people's uh, celebrations. So, there you go. There we celebrating go. Uh, sex and fertility. That's make, fan- make sure you tell the look, your, tell your, uh, your Christian friends.
1: It's fantastic. So we just covered the whole Easter thing. We didn't need him. Yeah.
0: Done. Easter. <laughs> done.
1: Done. <laughs> Mark it off the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I have to admit. Right. It's like everything other when we went over and stuff. Th- there Valentine's, is some really whatever. fun
0: stuff about, uh, Easter though. Um, like I said, the goddess of, uh, love and sex and, uh, fertility. Um, and was associated with all kinds of sexuality, in fact, her cult involved uh sacred prostitution. Mm. whatever the hell that means
1: <laughs> yeah someone someone told me that that was legal in Germany, like I didn't know that already this week. Oh <laughs> are,
0: you, are you talking about a lovely listener in, in what,
1: Germany? yeah, my tweet that I just saw that from like three weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. It's like psh, <laughs> believe me, I knew that. <laughs> I lived yeah, over there for we, a couple of years. Uh well aware.
0: Yeah. Just just
1: listen to uh what was that, episode two? I think so. I think yeah. that's when I disclosed. Episode two? I didn't go what? into detail. Maybe some other time I'll <laughs> I'll give you guys some story I'll wait till Boggs is here because I like to hear his reaction. I'll give you guys some stories about uh times when we made trips to the red light district and like Frankfurt and some of those places. Fantastic.
0: Oh, I bet. It was crazy Germans.
1: That and then Amsterdam as well. Although Amsterdam's a totally different feel. It's a little bit more of a fun town because you got all the uh, coffee shops, which are aka pot houses, which are fantastic. Where you go in and you order what type of uh, weed you want to smoke off the menu. It's like, yeah, give me a. I'll take uh, some of that Maui Wowie and some of that fucking red fern uh, to go, please. I got a <laughs> I got a meeting. I have time to sit here and fucking do it now. It's pretty cool.
0: (sighs) If only we weren't such Bible-beaten assholes.
1: Yeah. This was a hell of a week, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot
0: of shit going on. We were talking about doing the show, and we were tightening up the restrictions that we have on time frames, and I was like, fuck, we're missing a lot of good content here.
1: Yeah, we just have to be a little bit quicker about the way we go through it, I guess. But uh, I, I think the big thing this week, I guess here in the states was of course the Doma thing at the Supreme Court. They had oh, yeah. the two hearings for the Prop Eight in California, which um, from all things I heard on that, it looks like they're going to kind of pussy out on it and kick it back to the state. But in doing so, I think it's probably what they're probably going to do is overturn Prop Eight, send it back to California, so then uh, the gay marriage will be legal again. Yeah. And then the uh, let's see what was the next day. I think it was Wednesday or something. They did the the Doma trial and. I guess, you know, everybody kind of is beaten down by it if they know what it is, the Defense of Marriage Act, which more or less all was, was they passed it back in the 90s Congress just saying that they wouldn't allow gay marriage and stuff. It wouldn't be recognized federally. So even though states in nine states now, you can get married and you're legally married and you had the, you know, like any benefits within the states, the federal benefits like your Social Security, tax breaks, that kind of bullshit it's null and void. Like, it's not seen as um, in, as legal through the federal um, portion. So this is basically t- going to strike that down, and they've already said it's as good as dead, it, it, no matter if the Supreme Court does it or not. And you've seen a lot of senators come out. I think there's like five or six Democrats, and then uh, Rob Portman, Portman for um, the Republicans from Ohio came out, and he finally said it. Uh, he was kind of funny about it because he had this change of heart, of course, and what it came down to is uh, his son came out of the closet too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, doesn't that always change their uh perspective? Yeah, and like every- they're so hardcore against it and then all of a sudden they have a gay son, they're like, "I love the gays." It's like, "What well, well, hold on a second. Like you're so you don't give a shit about other people unless they're directly involved with you. That's usually the way it works. How big of a piece of shit are you? Like get over your fucking
1: self. It's like abortion or anything else. Yeah, you know, they're <laughs> right. always fighting against it until <laughs> it comes time where
0: until they like impregnate one of their uh yeah, one of their liaisons or something. <laughs> yeah. Their
1: mistresses on the side. <laughs>
0: oh shit. Get an abortion.
1: I thought you were against abortion. Yeah, just take this money. Not now, Go God take damn it. Care of it. <laughs> don't throw that in my face. But it's funny because everybody was kind of kissing his ass like, oh, my God, look at him. He's just conservative. He's coming out, you know, for gay marriage and stuff. It's first one to do it, like, as office holder. We talked about this before. Yeah. Um, like I said, his son came out to him two years ago, though. He's just, <laughs> He's just he, now he just getting around to and it? If you think about it, um, during the last election, he was one of the guys that they thought was strongly considered to be the uh, vice presidential rep for Romney. So it's like... And, you know, they're real anti-gay and yeah, everything. So it, it's like, okay, I'm going to bite my tongue because I may be able to get this VP slot. And then after that's fucking gone, it's like, eh, maybe I'll go ahead and come out now. It's like, wow, you really love your kid, don't you, dude? He's a real upstanding Stand-up guy. guy there. <laughs> Good for him. And then uh, on the international front... Um, <laughs> I saw this and I thought it was pretty funny. Well, hold on,
0: hold on. I'm not done with the gay marriage thing. Okay. I just wanted to put in a little bit of uh, I put it on the Facebook just as like a quick little clip. Yeah. Uh, but something that I just, I, I'm surprised it didn't strike me before. And uh, I, I'm really glad that it kind of came to my mind, but it's just really funny to me that these Christians are so uptight and hardcore about this. And they want to force and impose their beliefs on other people when they themselves don't adhere to their beliefs. And I just have to wonder if there was a law trying to be passed that prevented them or made it illegal for them to do certain things that their religion holds as a sacred law. So, like, sex out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. I'm just really curious if we made that an illegal act, would they protest against it? Would they? Well... Probably
1: not. That's like we say with abortion or something. They talk a good game, but then if it's one of their daughters that got raped or something like that, you know what they're going to do immediately. But
0: that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's such a huge fallacy in this that they are trying to... And, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. This has nothing to do with the definition of marriage as a man and a woman. It has everything to do with their religion and the idea that they hate these people. Let's get it through our skulls. These people hate gays. If they came out and said that, I'd have a little bit more respect for them. But they don't because they're pussies.
1: Yeah, I think, and it's funny, the big argument they have against it is the whole thing about, well, with the Bible, you know, God says, you know, man and woman, the reason, the whole reason for the marriage and stuff is for procreation. And, oh, gays can't procreate, so therefore...
0: Yeah, because that's what we need in this fucking country is more fucking kids. I had a,
1: <laughs> I had a discussion with a... Uh, lady i work with this week about it she's real conservative and christian and stuff and that's her that was her fucking thing she was throwing at me well god says you know it says in the bible i'm supposed to because it's both creation i'm like
0: yeah god says also keep the sabbath holy do you do anything on the sabbath yeah anything do you watch tv do you drive your car guess what you are disobeying one of the ten commandments you fucking moron don't don't worry about that, though. Sorry, I'm getting a little heated about this. It, My apologies.
1: I think the the thing about it is she's throwing that at me, and I hear that argument, and I'm like, that's fine and good. I don't really give a shit what the Bible says, even though it really never says that anywhere in there. But the fact is, our set of laws are not based on the Bible. That's the, So that's a dead argument to begin with. Exactly. That's not even a fucking argument. If you go to our Constitution, because that's what they all love so much, we're supposed to have equal rights. It doesn't matter. And this is a civil rights or equal rights matter. So, I mean, that's all you got to base it on. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's a dead argument. It was,
0: you know, slavery uh, a long time ago. Then it was segregation. Then it was women's rights. Now it's gay rights. And uh, in the wings and in the waiting is another one. And that's uh, the uh, cross-gender equality.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say bestiality.
0: No, 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 no. Because
1: that's always what comes after gay marriage is then everybody's gonna want to fucking marry their dog. <laughs> what are we fox News? Is that isn't that the no, isn't cross, that what always say?
0: Cross gender uh cross gender rights is gonna be the next one. Guarantee yeah. it.
1: Yeah. If if you have your penis cut off, can you still use the women's bathroom? That's gonna be the next one. <laughs> I mean that's what that's the kind of argument you're gonna get. It's, <laughs> right. it's gonna be fucking stupid. Um
0: okay. Anyway, your your next uh, bit of news. No,
1: uh, and I know you we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when um you know, the uh Americans and South Koreans they do their little fucking war games every year oh, and stuff. Yeah, and that's, you know we talked about so that. Well, I mean every week since then for the last oh, couple the Kim weeks John Un oh shit. my god dude! this
0: dude's a fucking psycho
1: they c- just keep it's like they're poking the bear it's like you're fucking with the wrong country do you realize that we will go to war with anybody anytime <laughs> this is the yeah. united states we make, make shit about. up
0: to go to wars with people <laughs> that's what we do in america
1: <laughs> no shit and oh uh, you brought that up i'm i forgot it to mention last week like we hit our 10-year anniversary of going to iraq under false pretenses yep Ugh. my god It's awesome. But um, this week, so North Korea's military said that it's put all its missile and artillery units on the highest alert, ordering them to be ready to hit South Korea as well as the United States at any moment. And the great thing about it was I read, they said that um, they are assigning to strike bases in the U.S. imperialist aggressor troops in the U.S. mainland and on Hawaii and Guam and any other operational zones in the Pacific. And I was thinking to myself, like, I totally get Hawaii, right? I mean, that's at least it's a state, but it's like, why are you guys picking on fucking Guam? (laughs) It's like, you know... What
0: the hell did Guam ever do to you? It's like,
1: Guam is like a... The island itself is literally like three miles in radius, and like my one of my best buddies I was in the military (laughs) with is like half Guamanian, and his dad's from Guam and stuff, and I met him and a lot of his family. They are just really nice people, so I'm very disturbed by that. Poor Guam, I don't get it. And it was kind of funny because I was searching for the mainland targets, um, and I found it finally on a Friday. And this was the great thing. On Friday, it came out that they had added one to their list. They had, of course, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and New York as their top targets. And then they added the city of Austin, Texas. <laughs> what? Dude, I told. I thought. I was like, holy shit. For people listening out there, I know we bring this up a lot. We're good Texans. We're in the DFW area. And I was wondering, I'm like, God, I got to do some looking up now and see if, uh, like, what is the fucking blast zone for a nuclear strike? Because I need to know if I need to move, like, up to Oklahoma uh, or not.
0: That's, uh, I mean, I think we're, we might be okay. It depends on uh, the way the winds blow. That's what I'm thinking.
1: (laughs) We got a few days to get the hell out of here. If we got a big uh,
0: push from the Gulf, we might be fucked. I'm like,
1: okay. It's like, again, might have to run. I don't understand Guam at all, and I don't get. I mean, L.A. Okay, I get it. D.C. Definitely get it. New yeah. York definitely get it. Austin? Austin. It's like,
0: like, dude, that's hippie town central.
1: I know. I'm like, really, dude? That's where all the good libs live. They're the ones that will be on your side, not wanting us to go to war. With. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then,
0: yeah, I really don't understand Guam.
1: I don't get it, man. I, I should call my buddy I make sure he heard. Like, that. do they
0: even have a military? Oh no, dude. They're <laughs> well, that's
1: like, what I'm saying, like. They're kind of like Puerto Rico. They're, what are they
0: doing? Sitting at their shores and giving them the middle finger? And the North Koreans are like, hey, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm like, God damn, dude. Look, just, I can turn on a light and you can't. Ha, 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 ha. Like, what what the hell's Guam
1: doing to them? The only thing I could think is if, because, you know, like the Guam, like, it's it's like Puerto Rico. It's kind of like under the United States belt. Yeah, the only may, thing I could think is that I don't know. they're picking out um, Hawaii and Guam because they're probably targets that they could actually hit. You know, I'm figuring they're probably their range probably isn't that good. I mean, so there's a lot of talk right there. So I'm just waiting for something to happen on that front. They keep talking shit, and something's going to go down. The only difference between the reason why we haven't gone to war with them yet, like we did Iraq, uh, is uh, they have no oil. Otherwise, yeah. we've already we would have already dropped bombs all over their ass and taken that place over. There's no doubt about it.
0: I, I got a nice uh, little piece of news here. Um this uh I just happened upon this story uh but apparently this uh veteran from iraq uh thomas young uh decided to uh end his life uh recently and uh he got injured in uh, iraq there was a i think it was an i e d and it severed his uh, uh, nerve and his spine and uh he lost his legs and he was having a lot of uh troubles and he was having a lot of uh Some uh, brain hemorrhaging hemorrhaging shit. I'm turning into you. Um, Just keep
1: drinking; you'll be fine.
0: Anyway, so he decided um, before he ended his life that he was going to write Mister Bush and Cheney a letter. (laughs) And uh, kudos to this guy. Uh, He says, uh, "My day of reckoning is upon me. Yours will come. I hope you will put you will be put to trial." I mostly... and Jesus, I am turning into you. <laughs> but mostly I hope for your sakes that you will find the moral courage to face what you've done to me and to many, many others who deserve to live. I hope that before your time on this earth ends, as mine is now ending, you will find the strength of character to stand before the American public and the world, and in particular, the Iraqi people, and beg for forgiveness. That's right, motherfuckers.
1: Fuck you. Well... There's no doubt that they committed war crimes, but oh yeah, I mean they're wanted. How many sta-
0: how many countries are they wanted for war crimes? I
1: know that there is actual. Like there are
0: some countries where they step on foot, they will get arrested.
1: I know Cheney's like that. I don't, I don't know about Bush, Bush so much, but Bush I'm sure is. he is too. I know he is on at least two, but I know Cheney is. Yeah, if I'm Cheney's, pretty much reg- relegated to staying here in the United States. If he steps off soil, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, man. There was a documentary on uh, MSNBC a couple weeks ago called Hubris, and they documented the whole, you know, the lies and the run-up up up to the Iraq war. And it's, I mean, I remember a lot of it because I'm, you know, I'm pretty anti that and anti the whole Bush administration, everything they stood for, but... It was amazing seeing some of that footage again. You know, even though it was just ten years ago, just watching them go on all these talk shows and just going repeat, on
0: and on and repeating the same thing, just
1: over and over the lies. And then they just go through them and debunk each one of them. Like, where here's the information that was out there. I mean, it, it contradicts everything they're saying, and they knew it. But then they go on like Meet the Press, and they're like, "No, we we know that there's weapons there. You know, we've got this uh, guy who uh, used to work with a." Uh, you know, Iran or something, and they were doing stuff under the table, and he was, uh, you know, with Al Qaeda and blah, blah, blah. And they're going through this whole shit. And it's like, and then they have all the intel reports, and they bring on the CIA agents that worked on it. And they're like, nah, we briefed them on that, and told him it was bad information. We got it from a, a bad source, and it shouldn't be, you know, even taken into consideration. And they just keep fucking running with it. And I listen, the media just totally fell on their ass on that. I mean, they just gave yep. in,
0: didn't do shit about it. The
1: bloodthirsty, man. I guess war means ratings or something. Hell yeah,
0: know. dude! They had it like live for like twenty four hours all the time. I remember when they did the shock and awe campaign at the very beginning. It all was right. like they they had news reporters like waiting. It's gonna happen any minute. Blah, right. blah 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 blah. And then whenever it happened, there was like a live feed to fucking Baghdad and. You got to see fucking explosions and shit.
1: Oh, they're so thrilled. Oh,
0: yeah. They were super stoked about it.
1: <clears throat> they went and hired all the old ex-generals, and they had them on there. It was almost like watching um, halftime of a football game when they got the old coaches on, and they're fucking going through it. Yeah, you know, if they keep this up this, like, in the second half, <laughs> they, it was it, was, it yep. was really like that. It was
0: money for the media. It was money for the oil companies. It was money for the politicians that lied about it, and it was money for the uh, military-industrial complex.
1: Oh, that was fucking terrible. Are we gonna run this for a little bit or do you want to get into the topic? Uh we
0: can get into the topic. I think we've bullshited bullshitted long enough to where <laughs> we can fill
1: the rest. <laughs> do you have a do you have a special segment for us this week, Eric? Uh
0: I, I think I do.
1: I want the world to know that I have problems too.
0: I think I'm seeing a white people problem in action right now. My buddy Jose is looking at his empty bottle of beer.
1: I'm ready for another one. <laughs>
0: I'm ready for another one. <laughs> it's okay, dude. You can walk around me. Um,
1: Slap him in the head when you <laughs> go by.
0: <laughs> anyway, I only have one white people problem this week because I just was busy at work and I really didn't have time. Uh, and I, I really didn't notice any big like white people problems around me. But one that I did uh I had a conversation with one of my best friends and um he uh was talking about uh I'm a big video gamer. Yeah, I'm a huge fucking nerd. And um new game came out, it's called Bioshock Infinite. My my rating on it is a nine point five out of ten, by the way. It's fantastic. I know that's not our shtick, but I'm I'm going with it.
1: So suck on that bitches.
0: <laughs> it is a fantastic game. It's wonderful. If you have a chance, check it out. Um, but he was debating on whether to get it or not because he just had a newborn and, uh, he also has a three-year-old son and, uh, you know, his wife just started back to work and all that stuff, but he's also got like four other games that he hasn't finished playing yet and he needs to finish, but he does, he's not sure if he should get this game because he doesn't know if he's going to have the time for it, but he knows that he wants to get to the game because, The new consoles are going to be released at the end of this year. So if he doesn't get it now, he's probably not going to play it ever. So it's a real like, you know, just a huge mind fuck in his head of like what to do, what to do. Do I go ahead and get it and just suck up the time and, uh, you know, just just take the effort and go for the video game? Or do I just, uh, you know... Wait till the next uh, consoles roll out and hope I find something better.
1: No, he definitely needs to take advantage of it now. The three, <laughs> three-year-old and a the baby, they don't know.
0: That the, is absolutely a white people problem right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have time for all my video games. They don't
1: know he's being Damn. a terrible father and ignoring them. Now's the time to... <laughs> <laughs> he can fucking play the game, shit. <laughs> I remember when my kid... Shut the fuck up, I'm playing. Yeah, when, when mine was a baby and stuff, that was a great thing. Cause babies are great. I mean, I don't know. Some of them I've heard are nightmares, but mine was one of those. He slept, you know, the only time he woke up is just to be changed or fed. So I just kept him like right next to me. I'd sit there and play goddamn Grand Theft Auto just for fucking hours on end. He'd fucking cry a little bit, put a bottle in his mouth, change his diaper, and go <laughs> right back to the game. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Parenting
0: 101. Yeah.
1: Eh, I mean, they don't know any better. <laughs> so screw
0: it. Do you, have, uh, do you have any white people problems?
1: No, no white people problems.
0: No? Do you, do you have something else for us? Oh, I do have something. Oh, uh, it's beautiful. It's time it's for time everybody's, favorite, everybody's segment, favorite segment, The, the Dick, of Dick of the Week! Week!
1: Now, usually when I do this, you know, I always try and find something that's entertaining and all, and uh, I think it, this is a great one, having um, Jose and Lena over and stuff. I think they'll really appreciate this one. Because uh, the Republicans, of course, after the 2012 election, you know, they got their ass handed to them pretty mightily. And one of the big reasons was because they pretty much pissed off every Hispanic in the United States and they lost about 70 percent of the Hispanic vote. The
0: the Hispanic vote killed them.
1: So they've been going on the mission now of uh, they're going to reform the party. And so now they're all for, you know, uh, immigration reform and they're trying to really do some good outreach into the Hispanic communities. You know, they want to get them (laughs) on their side. The only problem is uh, not all Republicans have got the memo on this. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, my. So uh, in an interview this past week on a local radio station in Alaska, longtime Republican Congressman Don Young referred to immigrant workers as wetbacks. Oh. Uh, It's bad. He said that, uh, quote, my father had a ranch. We used to have 50 or 60 wetbacks to pick tomatoes. Oh. Young continued discussing the number of jobs that have been made irrelevant due to the advances of automation. It takes two people to pick the same tomatoes now. It's all done by machine. And this this was going to be great on two ways because we have ignorant old republican <laughs> and then he brought up a subject that is near and dear to you and boggs hearts talking <laughs> Too bad about,
0: boggs isn't here talking God about damn it. talking about how advan- automation <laughs> picking tomatoes
1: so i saw that and i was like jesus christ this is so good. see,
0: see? automation is putting all those wetbacks out of, <laughs> of uh, work.
1: poor <laughs> I, if they're in alaska though their their backs aren't wet by the time they're up there. Oh hell That's no. a hell of a journey. They've got to be dried off by then. So I'm yeah. I'm highly offended by that. <laughs> so anyway, but and the best part is, you know, all the Republicans freaked afterwards because they know what their issues oh, yeah. are. So they're yeah. like, oh my god, you got to apologize. What the fuck are you saying? What the hell's wrong <laughs> with you? And he's like, I'm not going to apologize.
0: <laughs> yep well, guess what Republicans that are trying to change that's your party, you motherfucker. Hey, man. He's that's g- what you
1: guys have been for years he's He's standing by his convictions,
0: right It's like come on that that is kind of amazing to me how fast they change their views because they don't get votes it, yeah, it, it is pretty amazing so it, it kind of makes it, uh, and it should make everybody think like if they are changing their th- what they're saying that fast, are they
1: being truthful? Oh, of course. Or are they just trying to get votes? No, nah, I think God spoke to him and told him oh, that he, did he did the change. Oh, did he? did he? Yeah. Cause they
0: that lost I, the election. He goes, hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Look, this, this is from me. I'm your bro. You need to hold back on the immigration laws and all that stuff. You need to chill out because those wetbacks aren't liking you right now. Yeah. You got to do something.
1: Yeah, remember, I wasn't white either. That's what he was telling <laughs> yeah, him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think they forget
0: this. By the way, I'm probably not a white, pale dude with a nice flowing beard. <laughs> yeah. so just FYI, I They guess. didn't have shampoo back then.
1: <laughs> just saying. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Goddamn, I was really hoping to get you and Boggs going again this uh, week. man, no. I'm very disappointed.
0: No, we're trying to tighten up the schedule. That's a horrible idea. Yeah. That is a segment onto itself.
1: That's when editing comes into <laughs> to account.
0: All right. So economic hitmen. Uh, For those of you that are not familiar with the term, they are men that are hired by consulting firms, which act as a front to help developing countries. And uh, I'm sorry. They act as a front to help developing countries and those countries that we have resources that we covet. Uh, The truth is that they are fronts for powerful governments and large corporations uh, they operate in many different ways, uh, depending on the the country that they are, quote-unquote, consulting. Um, just kind of an uh, example of the deal that would go down is, uh, say, country X has uh, oil that we want for cheap. So, they will go over, talk to the leaders of the country, encourage them to continue growth, and offer developmental loans, uh, but only in large sums. So... When that government isn't able to pay back what they owe, uh, the economic hitmen come back and then ask pretty much for whatever they want, Uh, whether it be cheap oil uh, sold to certain businesses that go to certain countries, uh, whether it be to uh, privatize certain uh, areas of their resources like water supply or anything like that. Uh, They will also ask for them to vote Uh, on a certain UN deal that's going down, vote their way. Now, if uh, the said government refuses, the economic hitmen then start to threaten. Uh, They threaten that they will stage an overthrow of the government. Uh, They will also uh, send women to them without them knowing, in hopes that they can stir up a scandal which will get them uh, unelected. Uh, They can even try and sweeten the deal by offering to rig elections or get payoffs and so on. So they're very shady individuals that act in very uh, diabolical ways. And essentially what it comes down to is that they just try whatever they can to get whatever they can from these small developing countries that are already probably financially hurting and are now just going to be indebted to them for pretty much ever wonderful people those guys are
1: yeah that seems to be the thing i mean we'll kind of go over stuff here in a little bit but it kind of started off like you said it it, usually back in the days when they first started doing this it was more kind of government-run operations yeah but they uh, realized
0: really fast that it could be traced back to them
1: yeah it and it, it it morphed and this was the segment that Boggs was supposed to take, so I guess we'll just kind of ramrod it into the rest of it. But um,
0: yeah, we're gonna have to wing it.
1: <laughs> I was going to do some background stuff, but Boggs is going to talk about more modern times, what they do, and everybody's heard of the IMF, International Monetary Fund, and, and the uh, World Bank. World Bank, yep. And those, I mean, I guess they have their place to an extent, but those are the entities now used by most of these, the major. Um, countries. You know, yeah. you're talking your, of course, the United States. We're the biggest player of all.
0: Now, now don't get me con- totally wrong or don't get us completely wrong. Uh, the IMF and World Bank, uh, for whether it be because they actually, there is certain fractions of them that want to do goodwill or if they're doing it just to save face for when people really find out what's going on, but they do some good. There is some stuff that they do in countries that does help out. Uh, so I can't be completely against them because they do. Some stuff, whether, like I said, whether to be to save face or to uh, completely, uh, you know, there are some people within the organization that are trying to do good. I'm not sure, but that's not what this show's about. So we're going to continue on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is almost like. I just
0: wanted to throw it out there so people don't think that we're just completely assholes and ignoring the fact that they do have some good stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's why I don't want to go into the bad parts. I just wanted to point out that those uh, entities, some of the services that they provide these countries, like Eric said, you know, they, they go and they find one of these poorer countries that have resources that, you know, we can use, usually oil, but I mean, other things, of course, as well. I mean, it could be land or different prospects and they find a way to say, "Hey, we can help you guys better your country. You're a poor country developing. We can uh, give you some loans, or we have these connections of these corporations. They'll come in and they'll set up this or that, and you know they can really uh, you know help you guys out quite a bit." Oh, okay, you know that sounds good. Then again, these huge loans that they know there's no way they could pay back, and then of course when they start to default, like Eric said, then they say, "Well, if you do this for us or do that for us or allow our com- companies to come in, and maybe you can." You know, you can kind of lax up on some regulations or this or that so they can do their business. That's kind of what they go into now. So that's, like I said, that's more modern times because they can't just send in government agencies, like Eric said, and do stuff now because it's a lot easier to trace it back. It's not like in the 50s when these things started. You know, you've got all this... Social media now and all these news networks and stuff twenty four hours a day, and all these people on the street that have access to material and can get it out there, I mean such as like a WikiLeaks or uh, maybe even like an anonymous you know throw them out not so much in these cases, but you know you have enemies that can find this information and put it out there, so they have to be a lot more discreet about it in the way that they're fucking over <laughs> all yeah. these countries
0: and, and I mean whenever we go deeper into it, uh, the propaganda train it. It, it runs more in uh, these modern times because like he said back then they didn't really have to be so secretive uh but now because of the way that they operate and because everything's so viral and people can just you know drop something on a, drop a huge bomb on everybody at the drop of a hat they have to villainize and create these fictitious evil characters um one one example is Hugo Chavez, mm. who uh, did just recently die. Definitely. But he is somebody that has refused the economic hitman and has refused our country from privatizing or selling cheap oil or selling any other resources for extremely cheap and pretty much uh, putting his, co- his country into complete and utter poverty. Um, and what have we done? If you look at any U.S. report, Hugo Chavez is like, the fucking antichrist oh yeah (laughs) like he is the most evil son of a bitch on the planet meanwhile all the poor in his country are they have medicare they're being taken care of they have decent fair wages i mean it's not the greatest of conditions but it's the best they've ever had and you're telling me that this guy's a complete and total piece of shit hmm, I don't quite think that you're right there. Yeah. And it's only because he wasn't in our best interest, and that's why he's an evil son of a bitch.
1: And you'll see a theme to that as we start going through some of these other ones as well. But yeah, with Chavez, I mean, he took over in 98, and before him, I'm, the the government of Venezuela was completely corrupt, and the economy was in the shedder. And he took over and he basically said, Hey, you know, we have all this oil, we have all this, you know, room to for growing and farming and stuff. We're gonna give it back to the people. We're gonna make the people in charge. We're gonna make this, you know, back the way it should be. We're gonna use Venezuelan oil to help our people. Of course, the United States didn't like that because I don't know if a lot of people know, but Venezuela has one of the largest oil reserves out there. So in two thousand two, the US uh, possibly uh, helped stage tr- stage riots and stuff to try and get a coup, maybe to overthrow him. Of course, it failed miserably because he was a popular, uh, uh, I guess, president, and uh, so much so that he had he had been elected two more times by huge um, majorities. And uh, like the reason that we hate him so much is because he knew all the other things that we had done in South America from, like I said, the fifties on up until that point doing some of the overthrows that we had done and some of the bullshit that we had pulled. And he was very forthcoming about it. He didn't hold back. I mean, he let everybody know about it. And, man, it's like you, when you're the bad guy, you don't want to be called out. So, Right. <laughs> I mean, that's all it came down to is he called us on our bullshit, and he wasn't going to allow us to do to him what we had done to previous leaders in the South American region. So they turned on him pretty damn quick.
0: Yep, and they definitely tried to uh, assassinate him as well. If you look at uh, a lot of interviews that have been done on him, and there's documentaries galore on Hugo Chavez, uh, there were multiple attempts, uh, coup attempts by the military that were infiltrated by the CIA, and then also uh, just assassination attempts in general. And uh, he uh, fortunately dodged every single one of them.
1: Yeah, it's not much different than what we pulled in Cuba with Castro. They tried to take him out many times, and that failed. It was the same thing. And then um, I think the initial time that I saw anything on this, I think this is really relevant, especially because we'd kind of talked, you know, we did the show on Reagan last week, and we didn't really get into it so much, but um, the whole...
0: Is is that a shot on me being a time Nazi?
1: <laughs> not really. I mean, if we <laughs> ever did a show on The Rock War, there is some stuff I wanted to kind of talk about. I, I, I mean, I pulled the information, yeah. not really for the show, but... Based on the Reagan administration, some of the things they did, which they they had a little bit to do with this in the 80s and stuff. There's some I- incidents that they had in Iran. own country, It kind of was along these lines of um, the economic hitmen. some of the things they did in these other countries as well. But um, back in 1953, um, there was a president uh, democratically. I just want to point out that Iran is like a huge enemy of us now. I mean, everybody's, oh, my God, Iran, they're one of the biggest threats. I mean, they're run by a theocracy. They basically have an installed dictator. If you want to look at Ahmadinejad that way, but see, I can pronounce that, but I can't fucking pronounce regular <laughs> words. <laughs> right.
0: So, but, but it all—it wasn't always that way, was it?
1: <laughs> well, that's the the thing I love about it is they used to actually have a democracy, which is hmm. amazingly enough, and um, what
0: happened to that democracy?
1: Oh, Eric, you, you're just never going to believe this, <laughs> but. <laughs> Their last democr- democratically elected president was a man named uh, Mohammed Mosaddegh, and uh, when Muhammad got in, I mean this—he was seen as a okay. Think about it this way: you know how we're always trying to bring democracy now to the Middle East and stuff. They had one there in Iran, okay. And he was kind of like the shining beacon for that era. We thought, oh, man, this is great. This is a guy who he's really well-liked. I mean, he was uh, Time Magazine's man of the year. Of course, Hitler was, too, at one point, so I don't know <laughs> if that says a lot. But, <laughs> but I mean, he, he was well-respected in the region. But he began to implement an idea of um, the four oil, uh, foreign oil companies, uh, that they needed to start paying more money to the Iranian people for the oil that they were taking out of Iran. Uh, he wanted to basically nationalize the oil industry there because the British actually had control of the oil in Iran um, since like 1913 up into this point. And we're talking 1953. And um, so he wanted to change that. And, um, of course, as the United States, we weren't real happy about that. Nah, so we sent uh, a CIA, CIA agent, uh, Kermit Roosevelt, who was a, huh. rel- a relative to Teddy Roosevelt... Uh so Kermit went in, fucking
0: Kermit. Kermit, God damn it. <laughs> he went in
1: he had some money. That froggy motherfucker. Had some CIA agents and stuff. And what they do is they go into the cities and stuff and they start spreading rumors and they pay people. They find people who are against the guy cuz there's always going to be. It's like Obama's democratically elected, but believe me, we all know there's plenty of people out there that don't want him in office.
0: Yep, saw a guy the other day that had a giant bright red shirt that said Obama sucks. There you
1: go. So, uh, it's real easy. You go in, you find a bunch of people who don't want this guy in office, who have a little bit of power, You give them a little bit of money, you start spreading some rumors, you know, soon you get a little bit of an uprising going, and they basically effectively did a coup, and were able to overturn his presidency, and uh, get him thrown out. Which, of course, at that time brought in the Shah of Iran to replace him, who was of course extremely favorable and when it came to his oil policies and stuff to the United States and Britain and of course and then that brought in their theocracy that they have today and of course the people who have grown up they knew that we fucked them out of the democracy that they used to have and put this theocracy in place then hence the people over there fucking hate us now (laughs) but
0: and and really like when it comes to staging coups and uh, trying to run the propaganda train It really doesn't take that much as far as uh, getting the spark going because, especially because this is uh, around when, you know, there was television. And if you could just gather like 300 people plus, like you really don't need a whole lot. Yeah. It looks like a ton of people just pissed off to all hell. So it really doesn't take that much to kind of uh, get the idea that or at least make the impression on the American people or whoever you're trying to influence it holy shit, you know, it's going down, you know. It really doesn't take a whole lot. It's pretty easy to manipulate people's thoughts.
1: Like I said, I mean, this was in 53, and they sent that uh, Roosevelt character over there, and they gave him, they said about, you know, a couple million dollars, and that was it. I mean, that's all it took. He went in there, you know, got some people behind him. They ran their little campaign and stuff, and they were able to do it pretty quickly. And um, the thing about it is, you know, he came back, and then in the United States, you know, the government—they're like looking around at each other and like, "Wow, man, we knocked that out that quick. It was that easy to do." They're like, hmm.
0: and so, relatively cheap.
1: Yeah, it's like, wow, wow. Think of what we can do now. So then it just like that's when the shit storm starts going down, and then it's just like one after another. And then uh, I don't know if you read any on this one, the uh, Guatemala in 1954.
0: Um, you're gonna have to remind me.
1: This was my favorite one. I had a couple others we'll probably hit, but just kind of touch bases with them just so you can see the theme. But this one I kind of want to go in a little bit detail about. Um, And so in Guatemala in 1954, uh, at the time, their president was uh, Jacobo Arbenz Guzman. Um, Now, Guzman, when he came into power, the thing with with them was they have all this land in um, Guatemala and stuff that they wanted to cultivate, and their people were very poor. Most of them were farmers and they didn't have the land, they didn't have the funding to basically carry on their business. And at the time there's a United States company, which was called United Fruit Company. And they basically owned Oh yeah, yeah. And they uh, owned, now I know what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> they owned eighty five percent, eighty five percent of the uh, land in Guatemala at the time. And when he took over as president, the first thing he wanted to do was buy out United Fruit. Well, United Fruit had all this land, of course, you know, it's like property tax on your house you have to file every year. And they yeah. were claiming that every acre that they owned was only worth $3 per acre on the taxes. So when he took over, which was, I mean, it was bullshit to begin with, but he said, okay, I'll pay you $3 for every acre. It was almost like an eminent domain thing, you know, like if a fucking mall wants to build and you got a house there, the, the city will come to you and say, okay, we're going to give you 10% over what the value is of your home. Get the fuck out. You right. don't have a choice. He was kind of doing the same thing. He's like, look, well, you said $3 an acre. I'm going to give you $3 an acre. You get the hell out of my country. Well, they're like, no, no, no. This land's worth $75 an acre. <laughs> he's like, well, that's not what huh, they fucking did. T- they just
0: like flipped the coin there really fast. He's
1: like, well, that's not what you're saying. So anyway, he he's trying to get them out of there. So then he's fighting with the government and everything. And I mean, the thing about it was, so there's a lot of people involved in the United Fruit Company that, had ties to the government. So this one wasn't one of those oil ones. This is comes down to a land and the corporation profits thing. And uh, like I said, this is right after they had thrown out, um, uh, and Iran. So they're fucking flying high, you know, like we can do whatever we want. So just so you kind of get an idea. These are the people in the Eisenhower was president at the time of this. These are the people in Eisenhower administration and their ties to, um, the United fruit company, Okay, so United States Secretary of State John Foster Dulles was a part of a law firm, Sullivan and Cromwell, who represented United Fruit. His brother, Alan Dulles, was director of the CIA at the time and a board member of United Fruit. United Fruit Company is the only company known to have a CIA cryptid, cryptonym, which is basically like they have like code words or code names yeah. that they use in the CIA. They're the only ones that had their own of any corporation in the you know world at that time. Um, the brother of the assistant secretary of state, John Morris Cabot, once was president of United Fruit Company. Uh, Ed Whitman, who was United Fruit's uh, principal lobbyist, was married to President Eisenhower's personal secretary. And then there's other individuals within the CIA and his administration that had ties financially to that company. So they were going to lose a shit ton of money if they kick them, if they having to give up this land for that small fee, you know, compared to what it's really costing them. And, you know, of course, just the fact that they own that land, they're able to use it. So, of course, they did the same thing where they're like, well... Instead of staging a coup, what they tried to do was... This was during the big Red Scare. Like, we talked about the McCarthy thing last week a little bit. Yeah. Um, They tried to come up with a way to tie our bins into being associated with, like, the Soviets and the commies and stuff at the time, right? So they went through all this hassle or they set up this thing with Nicaragua or they did this shipment of, like, military stuff out of the Soviet Union. They tried to tie to it. And, I mean... What happened with it basically is they, they did, they were able to tie it to him. I mean, at least in the minds of the American people and stuff, right? So they, they were man they are able to manage that. And then, so they got the American sentiment on their side and then they started to get, um, they got a few backers there in Guatemala themselves and, uh, I'm so sorry for this, man. <laughs> I'm doing like, you know, I'm like fucking looking at notes here and stuff, trying to find this shit. They had um, a guy on their side. He was a, a colonel in the army. His name was uh, Carlos Castilla Armas, and they got him to help actually do a coup to run um, Arbenz out of uh, the country. And they basically gave him the the, the ultimatum. They're like, "Look, dude, you're you're either going to kill your ass, or you're going to get out of here." Or, you know, that's all there is to it. So he packed up his family, headed to the Mexico, and gave up. So, of course, that getting him out of there allowed um, um, Aramis and his party to come in. They destroyed the labor unions, which had flourished since 1944, and they restored United Fruit's lands back to him. Yep. And then the great thing about it was Aramis was such an asshole. I mean, he was so repressive toward his people that they had a series of coups and uh, counter coups against him that failed in, until he was finally, I think in 1958, he was assassinated. And then the country went to chaos for years. And they said, because of uh, the chaos that ensued about over, they said hundreds of thousands, I couldn't get an, uh, like an actual number, but estimations are hundreds of thousands of people uh, died in the country, like innocent people because of all these, the fucking warring going on. So that's another fucking great thing that we caused. So go United States. Hooray
0: us. We're such good people but to I just everybody like, around us. I just <laughs> like the
1: fact that was more of a corporate thing, you know. Yeah. You know, all the people in the government were involved in this corporation, and they saw all the money it was going to lose. And so like, oh, maybe we need to fire up uh, a little coup and get something going down there.
0: Yep. Another uh, kind of example, and this is going to be a, a little bit of a short one, but um, Iraq, that's a uh, very brilliant and easy uh, one to show exactly how they operate and they work. So, economic hitmen went in. They tried to corrupt Saddam Hussein. Didn't work. He wasn't having it. Told him to fuck off. I'm not saying Saddam Hussein is the greatest man on the planet, but I'm saying he told him to fuck off. So, because he knew it was coming. Um, That failed. Economic hitmen could not corrupt him. They couldn't get him to take loans or anything like that. So the next thing that they did was they tried to get him assassinated. That didn't work either because uh, anybody who knows anything about history knows that Saddam Hussein had actually worked for the CIA before. He was an informant and he had uh, involvement with them and he knew how they operated. So when they sent in the jackals, they failed because his security was so tight and he knew exactly what to do, they weren't able to get to him. So that failed. Uh, then we sent in the army bump, but a That is the last and final stage of the whole uh, trifecta. Economic hitman usually works. It's pretty easy to get a developing country to accept a whole bunch of money and then to just, uh, have them under your, uh, under your wing for the rest of their lives. Um, jackals that's usually also somewhat easy if you can't go through the other ways uh because a lot of those places don't really have the best of security and uh these people are professionals and they can easily take out people like there's no tomorrow uh the army is the last one and that's because it's such a it's it's so negatively looked upon in in our society which is a good thing i mean a lot of and one, i remember whenever the iraq uh war was being proposed a lot of people were against it and you look at uh previous wars that we've done i mean world war ii we didn't want to go into uh the vietnam war was protested uh before it even began and was protested all the way through until we finally just gave up on whatever fucking stupid campaign that we were on uh so we do have a history of not liking war and that's why it's always the last. Um, Granted, the Iraq war, they did a fantastic job of uh, masking it and uh, lying to our faces and telling us what it wasn't (laughs) about, Uh, which it all came down to oil, essentially. And if you look at who was uh, president and vice president at the time, I believe that they have some ties to oil companies and large energy companies. Not only that, but also to companies that whenever we destroyed every fucking building and cities was able to rebuild them. hmm Hmm. curious just curious so there's your three stages economic hitman jackals army
1: and that's the problem though i think uh, the like i said the iran thing was really successful with just the uh the money thing Yeah, they went in and money whipped up the people and stuff and able to get them to overturn it and yeah it, it usually works like i said it was a little bit of that as well you know and and um I think some some of the other country works. Then you'll see where it kind of works, but then like they still want to go with the jackals. And there's a couple incidences, and um, these are both very similar. I'll just kind of hit them quick. Um, and Ecuador and Panama. Both of these are 1981, and in Ecuador, they had um, a democratic election, of course, where Jaime uh, Roldos was uh, the man who won the presidency. The problem with him was it was another one of those things where Ecuador has oil and they have a lot of resources, and he wanted to take that money and that revenue and take it out of the hands of foreign companies and put it back into his people's hands to try and better his people. Of course, he won the election by more votes than anybody had ever won an election there before. Um, However, the problem was his policies were counterintuitive to the United States, and so they hired some economic hitmen to go down there and do their thing. And, um, there's a guy, the guy that that was in charge of this, and he had a little bit to do with Panama. His name's John Perkins, and I would say that you know he's someone. There's a lot. There's a documentary about him out there. About I think it's called Apologies from an Economic Hitman, and he's done a lot of stuff like on uh, interviews, Dem- Democracy Now, NPR. You, you could find some stuff for him if you look it up. I highly suggest it. He's he says some pretty interesting things. And the thing was, they finally got um, Roldos to basically give up, get the hell out of Dodge. But then, um, you know, I think he had some information on, you know, what was going on with him and stuff. And uh, I don't think he was real keen to not talking. And of course, after he rioted as he's leaving office, he had a, a little accident and his plane went down and crashed. And then a few months later in Panama, uh, Omar Torrijos, who was the president of Panama, it was a very similar thing. He was in a position where he wanted to take um, profits and stuff from some of the resources that were being exploited, he felt. Um, and also, he was fighting for control of the Panama Canal because we used to have control of that, of course, I think people yeah, if people don't know. And he negotiated a lot of, lot of fighting, a lot of pressure was put on uh, him. A lot of fighting. But he finally was able to come to agreement and get the uh, canal signed back over to him. So him and Jimmy Carter uh, struck up an agreement but then, like I said, he's trying to take it to that next step, you know, and get a little bit more security for his people. And unfortunately, this was just a few months after um, Roldo's plane uh, crash. Um, the same thing happened to Torijos. He had an explosion on a plane that he was flying. And there's a little bit of a uh, suggestion that there's possibly uh, CIA implications to uh, show that they may have had something to do with that. So, But uh, there's some actual documents on... Um, the coup, the Arbenz one, and stuff. I'll put those actually on our Facebook that we didn't plug at the beginning <laughs> again. <laughs> like we always forget. But there's actually CIA documents that discuss the shit that went on with that. So I mean, most of these, like I said, the Ecuador, the Panama thing. You can't, you know, I can put out the assassination stuff, and it sounds, you know, ooh, look at that conspiracy stuff. There's things that point to it. I mean, you can't say for certain that we had anything involved with that, but the Orbins overthrow the one in Iran with uh, Mosaddegh, and those those are clearly ours. And there's um, informations out there that proves it. So that's not conspiratorial. I mean, that's fact.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there is some like conspiracy theory esque stuff to this because obviously you can't prove 100% all of it because a lot of it's behind the scenes a lot of it's uh pushed under the rug and it's definitely a a, a segment of the rich and powerful that doesn't want to be out there and uh, you know after all if it's not being talked about you know it's not like they're going to sit down with the uh, press secretaries and start talking about the shit it's just not going to happen um but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going on and like i said you can see uh, all you have to do is look for the telltale signs of a com- uh, country that has something that we covet or that we want or something that we think that we can uh, be a predator to and siphon money from. And we will do our best to put them in economic poverty. And it's always just curious. And I'm um, I'm surprised that I, I guess it's probably because they're just so fucking huge and they're doing it somewhat the right way but how China has not been completely corrupted yet. Um, But if you look at the smaller countries out there, look at any, essentially any South American country, they are riddled with corruption within their governments, and it has everything to do with the fact that they have resources that we want, and they will play ball with us because we pay them very well (laughs) and give them whatever they want and keep them in power for as long as they live.
1: Yeah, I think th- you bring up China. There's a reason why China, North Korea, and those—I mean, North Korea is insane—but th- those countries haven't been affected by us. They have nukes. That's all it comes down to. You got nukes? Yeah, we're not gonna fuck with you.
0: That <laughs> might be true. And I do think it's a little <laughs> hypocritical for us to tell people to not have nukes when we have nukes ourselves. Like it—it it seems kind of—it it seems childish to me. Like, I, I get it to an extent. You know, if they're a hostile country and everything, but we're hostile as fuck. <laughs> like. The last time I checked, we started the majority of the wars that have been going on in the past like 30 years or 40 years. I mean, we're we're not exactly a uh, clean slate over here and we're very bullish and uh we like to push people around. It kind of reminds me of like a bully in a playground that, you know, he has to have uh like the best shovel in the uh in the fucking sand pile and uh only he's allowed to have it. If anybody touches it, he beats him up. <laughs> like <laughs> or if anybody comes around with a better shovel, he takes it from them and beats them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just,
1: it's kind of like, it's kind of like Iran now. It's funny. Like we're the ones that kind of fucked them out of their democracy. They used yeah. to be the, dem- you know, democracy in the the fucking region there. And now we kiss Israel's ass cause they're the only democracy out there that, you know, we can kind of buddy up with. And it's funny. It's like, you look at the difference between Iran and Israel Israel has fought every fucking country in that region over the past 50 years. Iran's been in no conflicts. You know, Israel has this huge army. This They have nukes, and we all know that. Um, and they're oppressing the shit out of the Palestinian people. The Iranians are just sitting back. They're like, we're not fucking with anybody. <laughs> and you guys hate us. <laughs> you guys are the ones that fucked us over. It's like, and if we get nukes, you're going to fucking attack us? It's like, what the fuck, man? It's like, I don't know. We, the way we pick our fucking friends and our enemies, I don't get it. And it's funny because half of our enemies we have are because of things that we did to them in the past that turned them against us, you know.
0: It's all a fucking game, man. It's just a giant power game for uh, money and more power.
1: And money is um, the root of all evil, right? Uh,
0: according to me, yes.
1: <laughs> God damn it. kind of like these <laughs> are <and> misbogs. <laughs> I hope he's getting better. So it's
0: like I guess in summation we're assholes? Nah,
1: not us, just well no, I mean our our country. Just the fucking the the rich people in George, the corporations that run the country. Yeah. Fucking United Fruit. Oh, a fun note. United Fruit still in existence, only now it's not called United Fruit. It's a uh, Chiquita. So you go eat your fucking Chiquita <laughs> banana, you're fucking supporting the motherfucker, so <laughs> Let's boycott Chiquita Nice little tidbit there Yeah Boycott Chiquita That's our fucking new mantra <laughs> Those pricks
0: Alright you got anything else?
1: <sighs> man I didn't have much to begin with
0: Hey we we did a pretty good job Between the two of us I'm we're, t- we're over I'm an hour I'm fucking tired
1: man I don't like just getting over here And starting in Fuck Boggs I'm just gonna say that Boggs I know you're gonna listen to this eventually Fuck you <laughs> You fucking prick well, I mean, seriously, you like, give bastard. us a little bit of a
0: notice, goddammit. it! I mean, feel better. I hope, I hope you feel better, but
1: yeah, because we really need his ridiculousness to play off of and stuff to break up the monotony. We're too. This is too fucking serious tonight. I wanted to break out the nine eleven joke series, but. I didn't have time to write my jokes before the show because yeah,
0: and we got into the the all the news stories of the week, which was, there was a lot. So uh,
1: Christ, we had to. I was gonna say we got we got to fill time, man. I got to get the nine eleven joke series up and running that I didn't get a chance to get to them.
0: Well, we filled it just plenty.
1: <laughs> so if you made it this far, even though we know you listen to hear fucking guitar man, we appreciate it. And uh, if he's not back next week, it's probably because things took a turn for the worse and he's dead.
0: Make sure you check us out on Twitter at Intel saviors, the Intel saviors at the Intel saviors. There you go.
1: Uh, <laughs> make sure you go to our Facebook page. God damn right. Email us. Don't do that. Cause we never check it. Uh, I actually do. It's okay, just, well it's then always go ahead. fucking
0: Twitter and Facebook shit. <laughs>
1: I don't, <laughs> um, I need to take that off. I don't know how to fucking do that. I got to go and play with it.
0: Go to our uh, website, com slash the intellectual saviors
1: or iTunes. If you're listening,
0: iTunes, leave comments. Give us a five-star rating because we're fucking phenomenal. Yes.
1: yes. Go fucking rate us on iTunes and leave a goddamn comment on there. Yeah, just quit. rip it. Leave a one-star comment and rip quit us. Quit being I don't an
0: asshole. You listen to us, so just fucking do it.
1: As I was going to say, if you listen to us now, you fucking listen <laughs> to us and so make it happen. <laughs> we're talking to you, people from Germany. <laughs>
0: Nobody in particular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh shit.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm being hard on you, but I love you guys.
1: Hmm. Send, All right, send us some titty pics, and I'll love you more. Without Boggs, I'm Eric, and I'm Michael.